Access All Areas on FUBAR Radio. Good evening, I'm Stephen Lang. And I'm Bobby Norris. Welcome to our Christmas special where we'll be looking back at some of our favourite Access All Areas interviews from 2022. It has been quite the year. We've seen three Prime Ministers and the letters outlasting one of them, a new King and the potential death of Twitter. Blimey, what a year when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> and what a year for showbiz. Will Smith's Oscar slap probably become the biggest showbiz news since La La Land was wrongly announced as best film. <laughs> We've sadly lost Hollywood legends such as Dame Olivia Newton-John and Angela Lansbury and the world become gripped over one simple question. Did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? We're all still waiting for the answer to that, I think. Uh, and throughout all of this, we've been interviewing reality stars, drag queens and even the odd musician. So tonight we will be reminiscing on some of our highlights from this year, including interviews from Brian McFadden, Amber Gill and Graziano De Prima. So sit back and enjoy, guys. Amber Gill is here, so let's get home for a chat. Fab. Hello, <laughs> babes. How are you? All right. I'm good. How are you? Really good, thank you. Really good. Thanks for joining us. No, I'm excited. Thanks for having us. What's all the balloons for? Has it been a party? It was my birthday on the 4th of August, so last week, but... They've lasted well. Well, they're expensive. I was thinking, up, like, I didn't realise how expensive balloons were. I'm like, that's staying up until I can't physically stand anymore, honestly. Did you have a lovely birthday? Yeah, I did. So I moved into a new apartment recently and nobody had seen it yet. So I just had, like, a couple of people around my house um and so it was really nice because normally I don't do anything but one of my best friends like forced us to do something and I was like well I'll do something in the house then so it's good are you not a huge birthday person I'm not either nah, no no nah. me neither it's my birthday when it comes, Monday and I don't really it comes around. Like, yeah but I'm like maybe a bit of dinner but I, I hate uh, the thought of a party it's just yeah. never my thing believe it or not yeah no no it knocks me sick like and people don't expect that from me because they're like well oh, you think you're the main character and I'm like but when it's my birthday I'm like no 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 I don't want anything and it's funny. so you're a Leo as are you a Leo Leo yeah I think it's a Leo thing I think you can either love it or hate it I think there's no in between because every Leo that I know either absolutely adores like throwing parties or they don't want nothing to do with it so funny, I love going to a party, but the thought of it being mine no. and the whole walking around making sure everyone else is all right, yeah. I'm, just, yeah. I'm like, nah, let, let's just no, go no. for Let's I have a chicken a... bowl. <laughs> I had a bartender, because I was like, I'm not giving everyone drinks and stuff, I'll forget, because I'm not a very good host. So I had a bartender <laughs> then, I'm like, you can sort yourselves out, like, as long was... as everyone's having a good time. Was it one that just wears the apron in the bar? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was fully clothed. He was fully clothed. Oh, was that's disappointing. No. <laughs> that would have been a bit far for me and me house. Like, uh, not my right. Congratulations on the book, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I can't believe it. Yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, it feels really weird to, like, hold it. It's been, like, just over a month now since it, like, released, since it published. Mm. Um, And, yeah, like, Mills and Boone approached me well Harper Collins approached me initially because they were really interested in like diversifying the audience the authors the characters in the book because they were very much aware that it was like all uh like predominantly middle-class white women mm-hmm. and they didn't really want that and so it started off me hosting a competition where only people from underrepresented ethnic backgrounds could enter and the prize was that they would have yes editing publishing deal with Harper Collins which I just thought was oh, like amazing like an amazing yeah, opportunity amazing. 
And then I think as like my relationship grew with uh, Harper Collins and Mills and Boone, they were like, you've got like a real interest in this. Like we can tell, like I was going to do English at university. I used to love reading romance. Like English is just my thing. Never ever wanted to write because who on earth walks around thinking that like, oh, I could write a book. Like I never <laughs> ever thought in a million years. Like, I'm like, you're basically illiterate. How the hell are you going to be able to write a book? Do you know what I mean? And so they were like, yeah, no, they were just like, well, think that you'd be like perfect. I think it would be like amazing for you to do, like just have a think about it. And I was like, ah, you're the throne is in a deep end here, but like, I'll go for it. But I need like some sort of help. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll give you like a co-writer. So I had a couple of meetings with like different people and I met this woman called Nadine and she was just like the best ever. Like it was like having my hand held whilst I was doing everything, which was just like really affirming because I think especially when you've got a platform as well, nothing you do can be bad. It can't be bad. It has to be tip top perfection. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be bad. And Otherwise, so you'll like, get torn apart, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if yeah. I had like, if I had like three thousand followers, I could put anything out there and it would be fine. <laughs> but ev- there's the pressure is on, and so yeah. yeah, Nadine was like the best. I'd send her, but she'd come back. She's six time published Mills and Boone, so she knows what she's doing. And then me and her just collaborated on making this really cute tropical escapism romance that's just lush to read. And it's got characters like me and like all my friends. And it's just really nice. And I love it. Like someone our age is doing, do you know what I mean? Because I kind of think traditionally when people think of them books, it's always seen as like a an older an older yeah. person's, if yeah. that's all right to say. Do you know what I mean? So I think someone writing from... Mm almost our perspective and our generation it is it's just yeah yeah and it's good for people to read because obviously there's young readers as well but like you said I always thought writers would be like going watering their plants and then coming back and typing a book up and like (laughs) married lives in the countryside like Like the conservatory like like, yeah not like me like nutter from newcastle's writing romance (laughs) novels you know what i mean um so yeah and that was part of like what i wanted to do it was just like showing people that like you know anyone can do it in that you know, it's good to have representation in books because I would have loved to read something similar to me. I mean, the only thing that I think is sort of hard was like, you know, you sort of Tracy Beakers and that kind of thing. But I used to like reading like Pride and Prejudice, but there was just a sort of disconnect. And it would have been nice to, although that's good for the purpose, it would have been nice to read something that sort of resonated with me a little bit more when I was younger. And Mm. so I'm glad to like be able to do that. So where do you take your inspiration from? Is there like real life, you have to call your friends and be like... <laughs> um, that's almost like a free reign, isn't it, to think of every man you've ever dated <laughs> and well, horror stories. I mean, that in itself, sure, is an awful <laughs> and you know what I mean? Let's be able to just change his name. Yeah, <laughs> no, but this, is, but this is the thing. It's so hot. That's the pressure because there's no structure. You can choose whatever you want. Yeah. You can choose whatever character names you want. They can be whatever you want. It could be whatever you want. So you've just, like, got every like everything to think about but I think for me I took bits of inspiration from a lot of different things so it's set in Tobago and my dad's from Trinidad and Tobago and I think that it sort of gets overlooked as a holiday destination and stuff and I've been and so I was like I would love to write about that and hopefully that makes people go oh actually I want to go to Tobago it sounds really nice um and so yeah I was just taking little bits of um so inspiration from wherever I could find my friends not really my experiences because I wanted to be creative I didn't want it to be like 
You don't want to do a, a reality like, show. Yeah. yeah, or everyone goes into Love Island and then, no, no, no I don't want to write anything like that, no. And that's actually know. traumatic. My book is nice. Like, you know, I don't want to talk about what happened with me because that's not that's not good. And this almost you don't want to give someone the, the fact success have it right. You know they'll be reading it anyway. You don't want to almost give them the pleasure of thinking, oh, that character's me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But the more that I speak to people that I've read it, they're like, oh, I think that's you. I think, I think you've, you know, I can see the similarities. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's not what I was trying to do, but okay, <laughs> we'll take it. I'm glad that people are thinking that deeply into it, though. So I'm like, yeah, yeah that you like it. If you're thinking that deeply into it and you're really reading it like that, then you must like it. And that's all I care about. So, well, speaking yeah. of Love Island, you were quite vocal this series, weren't you, about what you thought was going on? Sort Never of again. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> I'm yeah, well, tell us, tell us a bit, tell us a bit what your thinking was behind it, because you were getting involved in some, well, not involved, because you know, they didn't know what you were saying, but like, you know, when there was fights going on in the house or the way that some of the girls were being treated and stuff, you were quite involved in it, right? Well, every year since I came off the show, I've just, like, I love the show now more so than before I went on it, because I kind of know what's going on, and yeah, I yeah. Like, kind of feel like I'm an insider, like, I know what's happening, <laughs> and so I love watching it, I feel like a major super fan, and just, I'm naturally on Twitter quite a lot anyway, so I just started off writing tweets, and then every year I get bullied into, like, talking about it, like, what, you, I can't wait for your tweets this year, I said, who said I was going to do tweets this year, I'm not going <laughs> to do it. First episode, get- you're like... Yeah, and then first episode comes and I'm like, da, 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 da. Uh, but then I, I get like, you know, partnerships from it and I like doing it. I like reviewing things. I think that's something that I need to explore because I like reviewing things. I like watching something and then having an opinion on it. I find like, I just love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got involved in some of the conversations and not everybody likes it. Um, but I think people need to get over it uh, because it's important to talk about some of the things that happen or like real life issues as well. Like, and I think that girls, especially young girls that watch it, I didn't want any of them. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I didn't want any of them to think some of the stuff that was happening there's normal and like that's okay. Like, oh, they're just lo- lover. That's why they're acting that way. And so I like to right. be vocal about that. As much as I am like hearted, I just like to make sure that there's an underlying message in there that I'm saying like, actually, no, that's not what we want from guys at all. Mm. But I get told off all the time for that, but it is what it is, isn't it? <laughs> and how was social media in response to that? Did you kind of find a little bit of backlash to having an opinion? So I kind of think we're in this weird state now that by being vocal about things and having an opinion, I think some people look to be offended. And yeah. whatever you write, it, it's coming from, it's your, it's your opinion and your thoughts. Everyone's entitled to it, but then people jump on it and then fire off death threats and craziness. You're like, what no. is going on? It's just, it's gone like sort of the other way where we're calling a lot of things hate and bullying. That's just not that. It's really not that. You know, when I watch Love Island, like I appreciate every single person that goes on the show. I don't hate anyone that's on it. Like I don't feel that strongly. All of my tweets are just about the show. As soon as it switches off, I don't think anything more about it. Mm. I'd never go and send them a message because I don't feel like that. And mm. I think that, yeah, we've just got to a point now where you kind of churn out because it's all like, oh, well, you're hating a bully and bullying. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm allowed to have an opinion. An opinion yeah. You Absolutely. do know what I mean? But people always say to me, like, oh, but you you preach be kind. I'm like, I didn't. I believe sometimes. <laughs> I don't believe in being kind, actually. Sometimes I believe it's just a minute but a bullion. It's just, you know, it's, it's necessary. Even for myself, like, I get it. I've made mistakes and I've been dragged for it. And sometimes, you know, it, it has Keep to be Keep you in done. check. But exactly. there's a massive difference, isn't there, from sitting there watching a TV show, having an opinion, and then putting something on Twitter or on your Instagram stories to then the other end of the scale where people are sending death threats. So there's a massive difference, isn't there? 
Yeah, yeah, huge difference. And I think people sometimes like fail to see that. And I'm like, I would never. And I just, I think as well, if I didn't like something, I wouldn't look at it. So I don't know why mm. some people come to my page. Don't look, because you know yeah. what I'm going to say. Like, <laughs> you, you know, we're getting the gist of it. It's been three years now. You know what my kind of opinions are going to be. If you don't like it, don't look at it. And when people say the words hate, hate is such a strong emotion that actually sometimes there's an indifference. You've got to care about something to hate it, if that makes sense. So people go, you hate it in the nicest possible way. Couldn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. That's what, like, I tweet and then, like, it does, it goes out my brain and I think I actually don't care at all, you know? Yeah, when you and go to bed that night, over, you ain't thinking about yeah, it. Like it's done. It's done. Yeah. It was all lighthearted, like, yeah. And then as soon as they all come off the show, like, I'll follow the ones that I like and stuff and we won't talk about it again. We yeah. won't talk about it again and that's it, but yeah. yeah. Is that what happened when you said, I don't know, I, I don't know kind of necessarily what context means, but when you talked about switching teams... <laughs> I knew what you were going to say that. Well, I mean, because of course, that was not just an off-the-cuff comment. What do you mean? What did you mean by it when you said it? It was an off-the-cuff comment, but it was true. But then everybody's twisted it and said that, like, now I can't stand men. And that's not actually true. Unfortunately, I wish I could, but I just can't. So I meant exactly what I said. (laughs) So is that like you coming out? I'm a bit, like, a bit confused. I mean, I don't want to force you into saying anything that you don't feel. But I mean, that's what it sounded like. Accidentally, yeah accidentally I remember looking at it and thinking shit like uh what have I said <laughs> what have I said and they were like if like a lot of my friends were like if you were going to do that anyway that's the typical way that you would do that like <laughs> normally people have normally have people have these lovely beautiful stories of lovely beautiful real Instagram posts like just lush I put switching teams on a tweet and that's how it came out so great oh, iconic <laughs> yeah that's like it's typical me typical. have you got have you got like a lady in your life I don't, not right now. But you're looking for one. Um, no, never looking. I don't. I always think that you find the wrong people if you actively look. But I just left whatever come in. Do you know what I mean? You're open to it, is what you're saying. I'm open to it. Yeah, okay. I'm open to it. How do you find dating babes now? Like, do you find it very different to pre-Love Island to to go out and date someone and get to know them? I do. I do. I don't know why. But I, I find it really difficult and I can't, like, I, I really don't know, like, the reason behind it. But I just, yeah, I'm very picky now and, like, um, very, like, I fine-tune it of what I like and what I don't like. So I don't know if it's that's part of the reason. And then you just wonder, like, I, I always wonder, like, I wonder if they ever, like, wrote a horrible tweet about me. Like, you know, like, I'm sat, I'm like, oh, I'm scrolling through. Yeah, yeah. And if they'd be like, oh, I watch Love Island, I'm like, I wonder if they like me or not. Like, that's a good indicator. Like, but I just, yeah, I'm very scared. I'm very wary. And I think that it's a bit of a struggle. But I don't know. How do you feel, Bobby? Because I don't know. I know exactly what you mean. It's weird, isn't it? Because I think people would think it's the complete opposite. But I actually think it's harder to meet people when you are in our industry. Yeah. Um, And I don't really know why that is. Maybe there's a bit of people know your lives. When you would normally sit over over a table having your steak and chips or whatever you're having, and you're getting to know each other on an equal ground, like you're asking questions as much as they are. Um, Yeah. But when people almost 
no after the answers to the questions it kind of it kind of messes up the levels a little bit do you know what I mean yeah yeah and I always I you know what I hate when people are like no no I didn't watch Love and I didn't watch Love and and then you get into the conversation they'll go oh yeah but what about that and I'm like well didn't you just say that you didn't watch it (laughs) that sounds to me like someone that watched it (laughs) the worst I go yes I've never ever watched it two gin and tonics later so what do you really think about her? <laughs> What's she like? And I'm thinking, but you've, you've never watched it, Bo. What are I you know. talking about? That's, my, that's like one of my biggest icks. I can't with that. So I'm like, if you watch it, then just say it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've yeah. never got someone, oh, no, no, never seen that. Never heard of it. Because it's just like, I just like to own whatever whatever it is, you know? Then it makes it less weird. Because then I think, oh, yeah. you're a bit of a strange one, aren't you? Like, why yeah, would you, you think, well, I feel like the need for bullshit lies. Just yeah. be honest. Already? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Already? That's not a good sign. What's your list of icks? If you were sat on a date, have you got like three things that you're kind of like, I want to see this person again, or there's three, like, you're not, no, that is warning signs. Um, If you're like in a restaurant or something, I can't stand people that are rude to like mm-hmm. waiters or like people that are helping anything like that. I can't stand it. Like, I'm like, oh, I hate, Um, I would hate if someone is too much on Instagram, like wanting to take pictures of everything. This is this is for a guy though. I don't have that many ex when it comes to girls, but for guys, I'm way harsher actually. So yeah, that's maybe that's thing, an indication to how you're feeling in your head about. You know things. what I mean? Like this <laughs> yeah. is what I think. I'm like, oh, maybe yeah, maybe that that's what that means. But whatever. Um, yeah, if they're like snapping too much on social media, um, what else do I not like? I hate when people are really arrogant. Like I think I can read people quite well. Like I'm just really good at it. And if somebody's not being their authentic self, like I pick up on it in like five seconds and I hate that that's like a massive ick because I'm like just be normal yeah 100% I couldn't agree more what would be your ideal if he was to, to date a girl have you kind of would you ever t- I hate saying this to people that have been on Love Island because it's so cliche like, I'm not <laughs> going to say your type on paper but generally what would be your type if you was to date a girl or you saw a nice lady out you know what I'm going to say something really cliche too I don't have a time that's Sorry. nice though, isn't it? Going into so, completely. If you look, if if I put a lineup of everybody that I dated, there's no correlation with anything. There's yeah. no correlation. There's a little something, and you either have it or you don't have it, and that's yeah. it. But everybody like looks completely different. Personalities are completely different. Like it just, it yeah, it it's really so can be funny. anyone. I'm the same. Some of my friends, like literally, if you had a room full of clones, you would know that was a. Uh, uh, one of her exes, like two yeah, yeah. everything about them, almost the same tattoos, the same yeah. look, whatever. Whereas me, if they was lined up, you'd be like, can't work out what's going yeah, on. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, There's no That's what my, my friends say to me, they're like, what the hell are you like? What is it? I'm like, I don't know. It's just something. It's the person, isn't it? It's the soul. Yeah. yeah the it's energy. The, it's, it's definitely the soul and energy, I believe in that 100%, because oh. that lineup is wild. <laughs> well Amber that is a perfect note to leave on thank you so much for um, for talking to us um, thanks guys uh, this evening and uh, best of luck with the book and um, thank you, you know, so hope much. it leads to many more hopefully we'll hope so <laughs> thank, thank you, Amber. Thank thank you so much us. guys Cheers. Welcome, I had so much fun bye bye well we have our first guest uh Gorgeous Grats. Um, oh, we love a bit of the Grats. <laughs> uh, here, Graziano de Prima. So let's get him in for a chat. How is how is the new year treating you so far? What have you been up to? I mean, uh, we are planning planning the wedding. 
for the third time, and this year has to happen, for sure. Uh, <laughs> plus, uh, I'm discussing for the show for Here Come the Boys, because later in the year, I'm going to do the Pro Tour first uh, of Strictly, and then I'm going to come back on Here Come the Boys, plus Top Secret, I'm going to choreograph a new show. So Ooh. I'm going to have a, a meeting with the producer soon. So a few things. I'm coming on, yeah. Busy boy, busy boy. How busy. are the wedding plans going? Like you say, this is now the third time. Yeah, basically uh, everything is set, apart from the, the date, because we changed the date from the 18th of the first year and then the 9th, and this year the 8th. Everything is set. The church is set, the castle is set, everything. Uh, we literally we're gonna be in the middle of here come the boys tour. We just when they ask me oh, to really? come back, <laughs> yeah, I just ask them. I need at least four days to come back in Sicily, have my wedding, and then come back. And they said, yeah, we're gonna find a way to you know to make you go, and and then you can come back. It's gonna be a weird thing when you know you get married, and then the day after you're gonna be in London performing. It's gonna be such a weird thing. But yeah. But you, you know, but this is the year for everyone. That's exactly what I was gonna say. This is the world yeah. we live in now, right? Like you can't, like we, we've talked about on the show before actually, making plans is like the hard, it has been the hardest thing in the last two years, any kind of plan, whether it's even just seeing family or, or you know, going on a holiday, you just never know what's gonna happen. So, so more power to you because that's a lot to do and but like I, I think it's probably likely that it will go ahead that's the most exciting thing i think so i think this time three is a magic number i think this time is gonna go <laughs> yeah um, and how does your lovely fiance feel about you literally day after having a jet back to continue the tour does she get it yeah, I mean, she's going to be dancing with me. She's going to be dancing with me on Here Come the Boys. Uh, oh, is she? That's exciting. Yeah, because other than Strictly, uh, we plan all the time to find a way to dance together. Firstly, because it's easier for me, because when you are used to dance with, you know, somebody that we have been dancing for years, even, mm-hmm. you know, choreographing, pull all the lists and stuff is easier. Plus, you know, it's just a chance to stay together because with Strictly Tours, we are apart. She's doing Dance with the Stars in Italy that was last year contemporary with Strictly. So we were apart for four or five months. Wow. So we've been apart this year. But yeah, with that excuse, we can stay together. So basically the tour is your honeymoon then? Yeah. uh, (laughs) I I would not say that, but (laughs) The question is, is she going to let you dance with me on Strictly this year, Greg? Absolutely, yes. I'm ready. When we can sign. Send me the paper. Let you get your people to speak to my people. We'll make it happen. <laughs> I would pay good I would money. Love to. <laughs> I mean, strictly is is crazy. Um, talking about the journey, uh, having a few different, let's say, celebrities make the journey completely different. Judy was when I met Judy, I was like, whoa, it's gonna be a really tough time for me but then I met her we became friends and had the best journey ever we were laughing every day we were working hard Uh, you know what in the end of the day as a professional dancer we can do as much as we can but if the celebrity doesn't allow us to to push them there is nothing we can do nothing at all and and Judy literally she told me I want to do this for me and for you 
And because I was thinking, oh my God, we're going to leave the first week, I'm sure. But because she literally t- took the, you know, the journey seriously was the key. For me, week six was like being the final, being the final. It was so, so fun to watch. I think that was the, the energy that you, uh, you and Judy gave off was like spectacular. Yeah, and- yeah, the friendship as well. The friendship is still real. We, we call each other. She's in vacation now. You know, it's such a real person. And she's so genuine as well. And this literally helped me in my journey on Strictly. Because, you know, um, everyone expects from me, oh, another guy with long hair, open shirt, sexy. But yeah, <laughs> I know who I am physically, but I'm, I'm easy. I'm a normal guy. And, you know, of course, Strictly is a big thing for us. But I want to come out as a me first as a person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she helped me along that and the twerking and the um oh the this is twerking. <laughs> oh my, when, the, when the production told me you're gonna dance the samba i said <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and then they told me you're gonna, you're gonna dance with uh get busy sean paul and i start to you know i start to like the situation first day the rehearsal i was teaching her and i was finding the way to teach her the bounce the main action on the samba she told she told me babe i can twerk (laughs) look at that and she literally turned in front of me she started to twerk and i said perfect this is gonna be there are two ways or it's gonna be hilarious or it's gonna be fantastic (laughs) it was the key was the key and it was like I feel like one of the moments of the whole series, like... I mean, that's, that, that's why we re- what we re- realised after the show, because literally after receiving the video by Sean Paul, from Sean Paul, we was okay. like, are you kidding me? <laughs> literally. No, we, we had the best time, best time. It best was time. iconic, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, during the rehearsal, imagine she was rehearsing in front of the mirror and trying to, you know... To twerk, and she was teaching me how to love it. <laughs> I was literally loving my life. I was like, Yes, <laughs> no, literally. And, and I guess it makes it so much more enjoyable for you if you get on with the celebrity. Oh it's another story. Yeah. It's another, imagine, imagine just for a second spending 10 hours a day where obviously, you know, another 14 couples are rehearsing and you know that you want to do your best job for that person. And you know, you need to push that person because that person, person probably never danced before. Mm-hmm. You, you need to understand how that person learned the steps because there are so many ways. There are people that are learning just mm-hmm. watching Judy. She just wanted to watch and then she will try. There are people that need to practice 1,000 times one movement. It's, it's not easy at all. And you need to make the person comfortable, which is the, the toughest thing, I think, because that's why you need to be real with each other and say, look, what do you want of this experience? What, what, what do you want? You want to literally work hard and have fun, or you want to just stay here? And Because it's, it's not easy. You never know the Maybe the person comes across that is the funniest person, but then trust me, after Backstage. many hours, every day, <laughs> the reality is gonna come out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but <laughs> that's our job. That's why we signed for Strictly because that's we are dancers, but we are also teacher. And yeah, we're cynics here. 
And you're yeah, you're keen to come back for the next series. I guess they'll probably it, it's yeah, usually absolutely early yeah. in the year that they actually announce who the dancers are, don't they? Yeah, I think they they're gonna ask us soon next next month. I think they're gonna ask us if you want to come back. Obviously, mm-hmm. yes. Strictly changed changed my life completely. Is a massive thing, and the production um, help us a lot. Make make us feel like comfortable, and if we need anything they're always there even in the night everything and how did you feel about Giovanni winning a fellow Italian was that a, I mean, was that actually, a good moment or were you like jealous no, I don't know. Re- really happy for him this guy uh, we know each other he's older than me he got four years more than me mm-hmm. we know each other since I was 10 oh, really? both of us yeah. studying in the same academy together and then he left for coming here I'm really happy for him because he has been, you know, he had many good partners. Each of us go a different journey. Obviously, receiving a good partner is something that's going to help you mm-hmm. to go further to the competition. He had really good partners through the years and he could possibly win uh, even in the past. And I was really happy for him because I know it wasn't the easiest thing to teach a person that is deaf. And there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. There is no uh, escape. There is no way you can go easy. And another I'm sure there's, there's no book. There's no book to teach you how to do that. You just have to yeah. learn. You have to work. Once more, yeah. Once more, he realized that he could do his his job. I think his best skill is to put out, to bring out the skill of each celebrity he got through the years. And when I saw him winning, I said. Good boy, finally. After many seasons, he's been working hard, each of us. And because I really know him, the thing is, we really appreciate each other. And mm-hmm. we know this funny, we got this funny way where we play, we literally play, even in the show or where we are doing the, the professional choreography. Uh, we, we talk in Sicilian, we talk in Italian, and we laugh about it. Because in, coming from South, we know how tough can be, can be our job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know our key is say always yes, never no, always. Even if we are struggling, even if we are in pain. Uh, and he's the one that when there is a chance where we have to do lift, he's always say no. And me, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one to say again, I know you're the oldest pro, blah, blah, blah. But you, need to, you know, this is our job. Yeah, 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 yeah. But really, really happy about him. He deserved it. He deserved it. And even if saying, okay, uh, Rose, is death. But think about Joanne is dancing with the mountain beside <laughs> me. And me yes, and Joanne, we, we are like bread and butter. I'm always there for him. He's always there for me. And I was, I was telling him, how? How can you possibly make this man, this mountain, dance? And also because for the final, we are like the stand-up dancers if something goes wrong. He yeah. has done an amazing job because I really cannot good. compare the same thing with Giovanni Rose because it's different. It's a completely different thing. But to make a male dancer, uh, make a male person dancing with you and find a way to do female part, male part, you got the pressure of everybody. Mm-hmm. wasn't easy. wasn't easy for him. And I'm really, really extremely proud of him. And every year, Strictly seems to just keep going up a level, doesn't it? Like, I know. The last crazy. one was literally so hard to call. Obviously, we speak about it every week on the show. 
Yeah. And it, it was, it's just so hard that the talent, it, it's just incredible. And the show just, considering how long it's been on, it's just, but it becomes, it's nearly 20 years. Incredible, yeah. isn't it? it is. And still that format's incredible. You know what? They are really clever. And also how they structured the show. Uh, in, the, in the first year where I joined, and also the second one, we used to do all the choreographies, the pro choreographies during the show. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. It was hard because, you know, you have to rehearse for your own show with the celebrity. Plus, you have to make sure you deliver a beautiful dance with other pros where, you know, you got somebody jumping and you need to catch it. So yeah. mentally, you need to be clever. The past few years with COVID, they find a way to book an hotel, as you know. And it was the best thing because in that period, we were just thinking about dancing as a dancer, as a, you know, we were just studying, you know, what's that after, you know, COVID. We were the first week after three days of rehearsal, we were, everyone was, even people that doesn't want to do stretching on the floor, doing stretching, full <laughs> of cramps. It's not easy. It's a process. Yeah, yeah, but, you realize that Strictly really listened to us because we said, look, 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 there is something that we need to balance. We cannot do 100, everything 100. We can't. We can't. Our body is not ready for it. We need time. Mm. And also in terms of how to deliver the show, as you see, there are so many different pros. They find a way to find each year, each season, different pro, uh, maybe different from another country. Uh, you know, each of us is different. And that's the thing also, um, uh, the same program in other countries are looking over to understand how Strictly, why Strictly is so successful. Because every year they find a way to, they bring another thing every year. And, and the viewers just keep on coming, I think, don't they? Yeah. I, honestly, Grass, we could speak to you, we could speak to you all night, but we're running out of time. So when, 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 is, the tour, when is the tour coming? I mean, uh, I've got April... April, May, strictly May, June, July. Here come the boys. And literally, let me know if you're free. I want you there. You're gonna have fun. Well, I'm definitely up for that. Hundred percent. And that. then we can plan our first dance when we do. <laughs> Absolutely. The and I'm <laughs> gonna make sure I'm without shirt. I'm shirtless. <laughs> so I'm signing the contract as we speak, Brett. Melanie Rose from How to Build a Sex Room on Netflix is here. Let's get her in and Let's chat all things sex rooms, I guess. I can feel the, the steaminess coming through the Zoom. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Really good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We're both so excited to speak with you. <laughs> oh, that's, it's one, I have to say, it's really lovely and beautiful to hear an English accent. Ah, uh, you'll get you'd be you'd be doing lots of American uh, chats of you, or or just you yeah, mean oh you generally yeah, on the show. Just, yeah, I have, and and, and I did te te uh, talk to a, a, an English journalist a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, England accent, how fabulous! It was <laughs> <laughs> at home. Yeah. Yes, I've even got my cup of tea as well, darlings. Oh, how lovely! Um, <laughs> so so tell us I mean the, when you hear the name of this show how to build a sex room many things may be conjured up um but in reality actually the show is not I, I haven't watched all of it but I mean like you know in reality the show is actually not kind of as filthy as it might initially sound is it tell me how you got involved with it and what and and what you made of it when it was first brought to you 
Yeah, I think the selling point, you know, what's that older adage, sex always sells. Mm -hmm. So having sex in the title is bound to, uh, excuse the pun, prick up a few ears here. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think it, uh, and I think you're right, as you get to watch the episodes, you realise it's really not just about how to build a sex room, it's about people's relationships mm. um, and how they, you know, how they got together and why they need my help as an interior designer. Um, it initially started, um, were you asking me a question about how it actually started with Netflix and ITV or? And, and you and how you got involved, yeah, so a bit of your history and, and all of that. Yeah, um, I... I've been an interior designer for very many, many years. And in the last 10 years, I've specialised in building uh, sex rooms. Um, I actually got involved with uh, the show simply because I was uh, writing a series of erotica novels uh, as a fictional character, uh, more or less about my time as an interior designer designing these wonderful rooms. So I had a manager and my manager was talking to Adam Sher of ITV America. And uh, he was like, hang on a second, I need to meet this woman. So we met and he was like, I, you're not interested in anything to do with the books or, the, or a television series. I just want you as an interior designer. And I want to do the reality show of how you build sex rooms for, you know, for people that, uh, you know, could be your next door neighbour. And how does that first come back? Like you say, you've been an interior designer for years. So how do you go for your first job when someone says, can you do me a sex room? How do you go from <laughs> normally doing a kitchen thinking I'll be a lovely island there with that vision? <laughs> Maybe a hot to a, to a swing and a and yeah and all sorts. Yeah, how 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 was that first gig for you? Well, actually, do you know how it came about was quite interesting. I was actually working with a client of mine who I'd been working with for four or five years now, and we just happened to be in the bedroom. Uh, we were talking about how to you know locks on doors and you know closets and stuff like that. And uh, they turned around to me and said, "Have you ever built a sex room before?" And I was like, "What? A sex room? No." Um, and she said, oh, I think, you know, thought I'd be very good at it. And I was like, okay. So I went home and actually did a lot of research and was like, um, you know, just research, research, research. And what I found was, oh, gosh, these are lots of dungeons here. And, you know, they didn't look really appetizing. Or, or it's, well, not appetizing, but they didn't really look very luxurious and comfortable. And I thought, you know, this is a good opportunity to, you know, um, really do do some of these rooms but make them much more luxurious and bring that element of luxury and mix it with the erotic and exotic that's so true because i think if you say to a lot of people sex room automatically mm. you think of a dark dungeon whips and chains, chains. chains <laughs> yeah like you literally think like camelot's castle don't you read like a proper down dungeon why shouldn't there be some soft furnishings and a bit of crushed velvet or something like let's make it a little bit plush Oh, absolutely. You, you say sex room and everybody goes to dungeon and then they run for the hills. I'm like, for fuck's sake, come on. It can be luxurious. You know, don't think of it that way. You need to see it from my eyes and my uh, uh, perspective as a designer. So do you, do you start in mind with certain pieces of furniture? I guess every client's different, but now you're such a seasoned pro at doing sex rooms, do you think, right, what you're going to want is, I know, this lovely swing that's going to be great, or <laughs> you already kind of can picture it. I think um, certainly when I, when I, my most important thing is to actually listen to what the client's wants are and then, you know, delve into those uh, really uh, 
intimate secrets uh, about their sex life, which then gives me an idea, start to form a picture in my mind of what they would like. You know, what are their fantasies? Do they want a room that's just purely dedicated to sex and make it luxurious? Or do they want a fantasy room? Um, you know, because it's part of their alternative lifestyle. So get, pulling out those little nuggets of information from everybody, uh, from my clients, helps me form an idea of what the room is going to look like. Do you think that some, like um, Fifty Shades of Grey has kind of influenced people to even think about this more? Because I do think there was a bit of a revolution in it being like an open thing almost when that first came out. And then suddenly people were thinking more about sex rooms and the like. Yeah, I think, look, I, you know, if you think about what E.L. James did for, for women... What mm. she did, really, in, es in essence, whether you like the films or whether you like the books or not, it doesn't matter. What At her core, what she did was she made it okay for women to read erotica. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's just, that's brilliant. Men have always had Playboy, Hustler, uh, and sort of like, you know, magazines that you would hide from your parents um, <laughs> under the bed somewhere. Those have been around for years. But for, for mainstream, uh, for women to be able to read mainstream erotica, that's what E.L. James did. Now, yes, did she help the sex industry, the sex toy industry? Absolutely, because she actually helped people shape their minds to other things out there that normally people uh, keep quiet about. Mm. Same thing with my show. Um, when the, sh uh, the show dropped, apparently uh, um, the sex toy industry, the, the adult toys, uh, went up 123% wow. because of the show. What would and that's because I was talking to people in, in a way that I think other people could relate to and were like, oh, you know what? The show sparked a conversation here. So why don't we go out and try, maybe try a flogger? Why don't we go out and, you know, maybe we should try a vibrator or a couple's vibrator. And that was the purpose of the show. What would your top tips be for anyone listening that thinks, I'm up for that, I like the sound of it, I've got a spare bedroom, might make it a sex room. What, what would you say to them? Where do they start or what, what's, what's the, the good and the bad? I think, look, if you let's take a, a bedroom scenario for starters. Um, you don't want to like it, maybe look like a, a sex room, but you want to have something that's a little bit more romantic. Um, you know, I would perhaps invest in a pair of underbed restraints. Easy. Um, you know, nobody you can, can hide see them. them. They'll yeah. be hidden. They can be hidden. I mean, if have a look at some different types of sex toys. If it's a couple's toy, you know, there's a, a wonderful adage of people saying, you know, if I bring a vibrator in my, my bedroom with my husband, doesn't that make my husband redundant? No, it doesn't make him redundant. It's join in with the fun. Come and, you know, help me. Uh, you know, try the vibrator on me. I don't have to do it myself. So, yeah, get involved. You know, <laughs> get involved more. Um and, you know, get some luxury sheets and some really nice uh, bedding and, and make it more seductive. Um, things that I wouldn't do is uh, are no-nos for me. If you've been in a pre-existing uh, relationship and you've got old sex toys from, from your previous relationship, get rid of them. Yeah. For God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, start afresh, start a new chapter. Yeah, no man, no deal does. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like I don't care how many times you clean that fucking thing. I don't, I, you know, it comes with a history. That's so, so true. For these couples that, and I guess everyone's slightly different, so I'm generalizing, but for couples that do have a sex room now, is that solely where they have sex? Gone are the days that they actually have sex in the bedroom they sleep in. 
Mm. Look, no, I don't think so. I think you look at the show, um, you look at Hannah and Wesley, for instance, um, the couple that he's a, he's a, a sheriff, um, deputy sheriff. Their, their child has taken over the entire house. There's Lego bits everywhere. There's toys everywhere. So they really wanted an area that would, would, could actually be their sort of like adult play space where they could be themselves. And, you know, you don't you don't know it's actually down there because I put on some Murphy doors. Um, no, I think you should have sex in the bedroom still. I think you can uh, design and relook at your bedroom and make it something more sumptuous. Gosh, I would encourage to have sex everywhere. Why not? On the sofas, you know, in the kitchen. I don't care. I think it's all about intimacy. But it's yeah. it's right to say, I think, isn't it, that uh, it's I think it's pretty much a fact that younger people are having less and less sex, aren't they? Why do you think that is as someone that's sort of in, involved in this? I don't know what that is. I mean, look, we're seeing our world change uh, before our very eyes. Um, I think the importance of, uh, for me, of, and through the show is that even if you're not having as much sex, at least be able to talk about it without any, without feeling any shame or yeah. the feeling that you're being judged. Mm. Do you feel there is still a bit of a stigma to people talking about sex? I know we've come a long way to where it was maybe even 10, 15 years ago, but is there still an element of embarrassment or shame? Oh, I think so, very much so. And especially what's really interesting now, I live in America um, uh, and, you know, I... I Sweeping generalization here, I think they do a lot of talking, but not a lot of doing. Mm. Um, and I think there is that stigma of, you know, we don't want to talk about it. You know, there's always that stigma in England when, you know, if you were back in my day, you know, my generation, if your marriage was not going so well, your parents would just say, suck it up, shove it under the carpet and get on with it. Mm. Whereas now, um, you know, I think it's like, okay this is not a healthy relationship we can get out of it but you know what I want people to do is actually talk about sex and with the success of the show have you had any celebrities kind of contact you slide in the dms drop you any emails saying that I've got a big old gaff here uh let, let's do a section together <laughs> actually you know I have over a, a several thousand uh, DMs on my Instagram feed, and I'm like desperately trying to go through them. I can go through some of the comments, but the DMs are a bit, a bit too much for me. At this moment in time, no, but uh, you you never know. Would you be up for the challenge of doing this? I love that. So possibly NDAs might be involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Darling, I've always used NDAs, absolutely. Yes, are you kidding me? I think they're less likely to appear on the show, but maybe they want something privately, perhaps. Um, what about plans for another series at all? Um, we're still um, waiting to hear if we're going to have another series. I hope it comes soon because I think a second season will be absolutely fantastic. I think just through all the press that uh, uh, it's garnered and, you know, this show has... Uh, sort of like sparked an awful lot of conversations, uh, not just, you know, in America and uh, uh, the UK, but around the world. Um, mm. So there are people that are, you know, want more, which is absolutely fantastic. I can't see it not coming back, to be honest. I think it's had such a huge success and there's nothing like it. And on Netflix, you see so many interior design shows and we're all fascinated with people's homes, aren't we? We've seen, especially off the back of like Selling Sunset, we're all interested on people's houses and this is like just the next level of that. 
It is. You're absolutely right. There is nothing on television like this. And, you know, I would say to people, if you haven't watched the show, you know, go and watch it on Netflix and just, you know, it, it is, it's enlightening. Even I say that as a host. But, you know, I've helped a lot of people along the, along the way. So it's been lovely. Amazing. I really, I really can't wait to watch the rest of it. Um, Melanie, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening. Well, we have our next guest, um, Scott from Five here. So let's get him in for a chat. Let's do it. How you been doing, Scott? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad at all. It's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting time to be back in music for you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice to actually be able to get back on a stage as well. So, yeah, no, it's pretty good that this is all seems to be going away. It's certainly going in the right direction. <laughs> Tell me, Scott. I want to hear about the new album. What's the What's the sound? Is it gonna be? Is it what we know and love? Or are you? Um, yeah, it's got a little bit of the past because I think we're quite mindful when we're doing the album that you couldn't just disappear off the music scene for twenty years <laughs> and then come back with a completely different sound. So we've kind of tried to be like an adult version of ourselves. There's still, still a little bit of the nostalgia in there. Because, you know, we still do gigs up and down the country and they still love our old music. So it'd be silly to completely turn our backs on that and just go in a different direction. So it's where we think we would have been musically had we have been making music through the years, is what we've tried to do. And does it feel like 20 years, Scott? <laughs> um, no, because obviously where we've kept our toe in the industry, you know, you know, doing gigs and stuff and doing, you know, doing tours. I mean, what a lot of people don't understand is before the, you know, the pandemic, it wasn't like we've just got back together for this album. We've been active. We've been doing tours all over the world. Yeah. It's only, and the only time we've had time to actually make the album is because of the pandemic. So, no, it, it doesn't feel like 20 years. When I think of it being 20 years, it makes me feel really old. Um, <laughs> and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got two tours coming up this year. Is that right? Yeah, so we've got, uh, well, actually, there's a few more. We've got one in Australia, um, end of the year. Uh, we've got the 90s Baby Tour, um, which is a joint act tour in the UK, um, and like all festival stuff over the summer. So, yeah, keeping really busy. Has the dynamic changed? I mean, I know you've obviously, you boys have carried on performing throughout, but the fact there's the three of you rather than the five when you started out, has that changed things for you, or is just naturally how it's evolved? Um it's naturally how it's evolved. I mean, the three people that are in the band now are three people that want to be in the band and the other two, you know, you know, they don't, they don't want to do it and that's their choice. And I've got no problem with that, you know, um, but it, it's a happier place. I mean, obviously when you're, when you're younger, you've got a lot going on and you're chucked into the industry at such a young age. I mean, people forget we were, well, Sean was 15 years old. I was 17 years old going into a band so and we, you know, four and a half years of, of just constantly working. It was it was brutal. And there were some amazing moments. There were some real dark moments in there. The problem was back in that day, there was mental health weren't a thing, but it was a thing, but no one spoke about it. Yeah, and yeah. you just got you just got told to get on the stage, put up and shut up, really, is is genuinely what it was. Um it's a better place to be now. We're doing it because we want to. We're doing it because we're on the stage and we love each other's company now and We've all got families, we've all got, you know, we've all got kids. It's just, it's just great to be in five at the moment. It really is. Yeah. What? Sorry, Bob, go on. So I was just going to say, you're so right. I, th I think, and thankfully, people speak so much more about mental health now. Uh, and th there seems to be less stigma around it, even though still to this day, people still feel there is. But we've come on leaps and bounds. 
do you feel when you look back, was there not really much duty of care there to protect you? Like if you ever needed someone to speak to? I mean, honestly, Bob, I mean, um, I, I know what you've done to, you know, to try and stop online bullying and stuff like that. And, you know, stuff that you've done is, is incredible. And yeah, we have come a long way with, with uh, talking about mental health, especially as men, you know, to, you know, we, we, we don't talk about it, but we, we get in there. Um, but back in the day, honestly, I'm not just saying it. Um, there was no help. I mean, I, I had a mental breakdown. I wasn't well. I, w- I walked into that record company and I and I screamed and shouted and I tried to leave, and all they done was try to chuck more money at me. And I know that sounds great, but it but it wasn't. I I, I it really wasn't a solution. No, it. I really needed help. I really needed help. I mean, we were struggling, and when, and when I look at what Sean went through, like we all went through it, but Sean left that band, and we we had to lie to the public. We had to say. Um, Oh, you know, he's got glandular fever, which he didn't. He was he was poorly. Mm-hmm. And they made him a cardboard cutout in a video, which people laugh at and they think it's really funny. When you actually analyse that, that wouldn't happen in today's industry. They would put their arm around you and they'd say, Scott, Sean, let's get you the help you need. Don't worry about the album. The single's not important. Let's get you better. Let's send you to rehab or whatever it is. Let's send you to cancelling. Let's make sure that you as a person are mm-hmm. okay. And then we'll do... We'll, put the album on hold it didn't happen back in the day and I'm I'm kind of I'm not happy that I was a, a guinea pig back then but I'm glad that people are recognizing what we went through now and maybe making it better for other people that are coming through the ranks now absolutely because it's so important people do speak out isn't it and the fact that you did and you went into someone and said I need help and someone still wouldn't acknowledge it and listen that's heartbreaking because what more can you do? You, you, you feel that you can open up and, and say, help me. And when you can't get the help and someone's solution is throw a bit more money at someone, money ain't going to patch it up or help at all. No, I mean, I got marched out of that record, uh, record company by the security guards because I had gone crazy in there. Um, I, you know, and that even that should have been an alarm bell because I'm a nice guy. I'm, I, you know, I pride myself on being a nice guy. I'm not. I'm not aggressive like that. I never was in, in the past. And and to see what I was doing in that record label and then not go, hang about, something's wrong with him. This isn't how this, this young lad normally acts. He's normally quite a nice guy. He's respectful to people. He's got manners. He's well brought up. The fact that I was in there screaming and shouting, swearing and saying, I've, I've had enough and all that, that's that should have been enough for them to go, wait, let's listen to what, the boys saying, and get him help. But you, yeah, it, it wasn't that way. Did you boys all support one another, or did that in itself was it at the time you were younger? Was it was it like a different? Because you see what happened with like Little Mix and people like that. Do you know what I mean? Where the difficulties, their interpersonal difficulties, ended up causing them their the distress. Do you know what I mean? Look what happened to Jesse Nelson. You know what? You're so young. You're so young at the time, and and I don't think we did support each other enough. Um, you know, it's been well documented, you know, on, I spoke about it on the big reunion. I spoke about the problems I had with Jay. And, you know, I said some things about Jay. Everything I said was 100% true. And I'm not mm. going to slag him off now. He's not here to defend himself. But what I will say is everything I said was true. But what I didn't realise was he was going, although he dealt with it in a bad way and he took it out on me, he was going through the same things. So he mm. was probably struggling as well. So I have got to take that into account a little bit. And I don't think we were there to help each other. He was a little bit older. So 
you know, I, I just think there should have been someone there instead of going get on the stage and dance. There should have been someone there going, "Are you okay? Mentally strong? Are you physically strong? Are you eating?" I mean, we didn't have like they have nutritionists now and and you know a masseur and and like we had nothing, nothing at all, just just beer in the dressing room and get on the stage. That was it. It's crazy when you think about it now, isn't it? But better place now, you said, do you think? And especially for you guys that, that well, want to we're do doing this. it. We're on the stages now because we want to be. We're doing gigs on our own terms. We we get offered a gig. We, we look at it and we go, right, is that what we want to do? Is that how long we want to be on stage? Is that how much we want to be paid? We, we're very, you know, we're older now and we're wiser and we, and we know what we want. And I think the difference is we can say no mm. now. We can go, do you know what? Like sometimes we'll some weekends we'll be really greedy and we'll do we'll do four shows in a weekend because we haven't done one for a while. Mm-hmm. Other times now we'll go. Do you know what? Or's pushing it. Let's just do the three. Let's push the other one back and see and see when we can get it again. Because it is about a life balance now, mm-hmm. and um, and it's you know I want to see my kids and I want to see the, I want to see my wife and they come along to the shows and that's not a problem and the kids love it and the wives love it and. You know, it's it's a really nice environment for them to see now. You mm-hmm. know, where can we see you on tour, Scott? Because you're doing quite um, a few locations, aren't you? Yeah, we're, so we're all we're all over the UK, um, a, a lot in Europe as well. And as I say, we've got a tour in Australia. Um, but if you look online, there's um, we're doing the '90s Baby tour. Um, I I don't know exactly who's on it yet because it's still the lineup still being still being sorted but it will be all of the people that you know and love from the 90s i'm sure it'll be your 911s your a1s your fives your damages and stuff like that um we've just only just sort of finished the um the other tour that we were doing for the lockdown um we were doing the boys are back tour and obviously that was was halfway through that and we we had to uh, do the dates when when we can really but we've just finished that not so long ago which is amazing it's nice to see all the boys again and out there and see people without masks on their faces it's uh it's lovely and it's what we all need after the last two years and there's, there's a lot to be said for going to see live music and a, and a performance and, i and really show. worried actually i really worried that people would be scared to go out and see live live shows because they've been locked up for so long and and i, I did have a lot of fear that you know that people were going to be like you know have a bit of trepidation about getting back out there it seems like people are going do you know what I need to get out and, you know, the gigs that you were allowed to do sort of in between these lockdowns, these weird cage gigs where there were... <laughs> Bizarre. It was, it, no, it, like, it was great that they tried it and it was great that we got to do some of those. But, like, to be honest with you, they weren't... I didn't see them as proper gigs. I mean, like, half volume on some of them. You couldn't encourage the crowd to sing because, you know, obviously, you know, the particles of COVID in the air. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't right. It was weird. Um, and, you know, people in sections of six, like a five gig is people right at the front singing their hearts out. Everybody get up, people moving. We will rock you. You know, all these like big anthem songs and we're, and we're making people sit down. Come off it. Yeah. It's, it, honestly, when you think, when you think back to the, the stuff, I remember, I remember a friend almost getting kicked out of a venue for standing up while, while there was live music playing 
<laughs> you just think, God, we've really lived well, through some whole, weird stuff, right? Well, that's <laughs> the whole point. Like the whole point. I mean, okay, like uh, uh, an Adele concert. I don't think you're, yeah. you know, I think you could sit down at Adele concert. She's an amazing artist, but she does slower songs. And I get that. Um, maybe a Westlife concert, you'd got away with it. But but a five concert, we we our main songs are in your face, big mm. pop anthems. And, you know, on this new album, we've still got that. We've got some slower ones as well. We ask people to get their lighters out and we're, um, you know, we've grown up a little bit with our music on certain songs, but the main bulk of our show is um, is singing and dancing. And I remember, I'm going to embarrass Bobby now, um, but uh, in between one of the lockdowns and we were allowed to um, to do uh, gigs, I uh, we went to the same event and um, I got up on the mic and I was singing and... Um, and I, I, I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, on, on here, aren't I? Yeah, on this right now. yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Um, so Bobby got that into one of my performances. He'd done a little slut drop in front of me. <laughs> um, and um, it was it was incredible to see. And Bob. He was singing, singing all the songs. He absolutely, do you remember the Bob? I, do, I absolutely loved it. Because I, I, I was such a... a what I five songs were you slut dropping? <laughs> I'll tell you which one. It was if you're getting down, and he done he done a lot. Oh, okay, I got yeah. down. Okay. Well, yeah, I got down. <laughs> How low can you go? Oh, wow, yeah. Incredible. What's the highlight? Of, low, of... I can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed our 2022 look back. We'll be back in the new year for a brand new series of Actors All Areas. Merry Christmas, everyone, and have a wonderful new year. Merry Christmas.